Well, hello, everybody. My name is Jody Cross, and welcome to Worship God, the TGC Canada podcast, helping to equip worship leaders and worshipers for gospel-centered, gospel-shaped worship in the local church. Thanks for being with us today. I want to uh, welcome as well Rob Brockman, worship pastor, and Pat Sabell, worship pastor, all the way from the West Coast in the central, I guess, southern Ontario. Guys, good to see you today. Good, good to see you, Jody. See you, Jody. It's always good to have you back. Your hearts for the Lord are great. And today we are looking at uh, part two of really the topic is auditioning. So how to audition a new worship team member is our topic for today. Last time we met, we talked about how to say no to somebody who was coming onto the team. Never always a good thing, but a necessary one. And, And one of the things that we understand is why should we audition people for the team? And those who have responsibility for the worship ministry as either a hired person or a volunteer, one of the responsibilities is to shepherd, to shepherd the person, to shepherd the flock, to shepherd the team. And so we need to make good and wise and discerning decisions about who should come on and who shouldn't. Second thing is that it's an important thing to audition people because of their own personal discipleship, the individual's discipleship, where God's gifted them, how he's leading them. And so we, as those entrusted with these responsibilities, help that individual into the right role, as much as we're protecting the church from having people who may not have the giftings to step into that role. Just to recap, last time, we talked about a few reasons uh, why it's easy to say yes to someone prematurely. Maybe it's because we just need someone to fill in the role. We just need some warm bodies to do something musically. And so auditioning is important because, number one, we're not just looking for good musicians. We're not just looking for people who can fill a role. We're not just look, we're not looking for people who are, um, you know, wanting to gig, wanting to use this as a musical outlet. There's lots of reasons that aren't great why people are wanting to audition or why we might want people. But today we're going to talk about what we're looking for and how to actually ask the questions and help to shepherd and to discern and to funnel people into the right role. So let's talk about the big categories. Rob, what would you say would be the the category, the placeholder for the first set of questions that we should be looking at? What would that be in your mind? Yeah, I think I think the first thing when I'm auditioning somebody, I think the what I would recommend, the first thing that we really want to get a sense of is kind of where they are in their walk with the Lord and their maturity in Christ. I think that's kind of the thing that, well, I, that's obviously not the only thing that's uh, central to what we're doing, but it's pretty, pretty central to what we're doing. Um, if we're up on stage and we're going to lead in worship, um, we kind of need to be living out. It. Worship is really an overflow of my relationship with Christ. A lot of the thanksgiving and the joyfulness and the stuff that is necessary for leading Oh, you can't fake that. I mean, you can, but it's yeah. not genuine and it's not authentic. And we really want to be leading out of a place, out of that authenticity where I'm walking with Jesus throughout the week. He is my, the gospel is ministering to my soul daily. Jesus is big in my sight every day. My love for him is flowing over into all kinds of things. And man, like that spills over in worship. And so I just think number one, we want to start with, hey, where is this person in their walk with the Lord? That's what I would say. It kind of the first kind of heading is, hey, wh- what's this person's relationship with Jesus like? Okay. Pat, do you have a couple of questions that would come to your mind that can help uh, mine that down a little bit? Uh, yeah, I, mean, I, th- I think, you know, Rob said uh, we, we, we can't fake it, but I think we, I think there's far too many people that do fake it. 
and often the the process whereby we audition people sometimes if we're skipping what's really important i think uh, the culture within the church is it's more about the music and it's more about the arrangement and, you know, even rehearsals, we spend so much time on developing that rehearsal and sounding right and sounding good. Um, you know, when, when Matt Redmond writes way, way long ago, um, you know, I'm coming back to a heart of worship when the music fades, you know, and all else uh, is slips away. How does it go? Stripped away. Stripped away. Stripped away thanks. You know, and 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 there's a sense where I think none of that is ever stripped away. And and in if we're not careful as as worship guys, uh, worship gals, we're we're bringing people into an audition and we're thinking some of those things as primary uh, versus secondary. And so I'd want to say, tell me about your relationship with Jesus. Tell me about your walk with God. Uh, what does it look like on a weekly basis or on a daily basis? You know, I've had guys say, well, I haven't read my Bible in the last six months. Um, that would be a, a, a what I would call a, a red flashing light on the dashboard uh, to and, and maybe not a disqualifier, but I'd want to I'd want to seek to serve. Ultimately, audition is a pastoral moment or it's a moment to care for that person long before they're going to be on the team. Um, so how's your walk with Jesus? Tell me about tell me about your your relationship with your family. Uh, how's, how's your relationship with your wife? Um, you know, I think those are just great questions. Those are foundational questions to want to know uh, that person that's coming through the door uh, as to whether or not they're, they're in a, a good place, a healthy mm -hmm. place or not. And, 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 and we have to be careful that we're not making it about something that it's not meant to be about. Yes, we want to do good music, um, but we want to do good music with people with right hearts because, you know, Jesus, there's this over and over scriptures, you know, in, in Amos, take, take away from me the noise, you know, your, your, your worship is noise. Um, you know, thinking about, uh, Many will say, Lord, didn't we do this? And I'll say, I never knew you. Uh, these people draws near to me with their lips, but their heart is disengaged. Uh, we we want to make sure that we start there at a heart level with people. Yeah, I think also like, you know, the Psalms, the book of worship starts off talking about a man who is and a person who is living in the word and daily and meditating on the law of the Lord day and night. And so a great question mm -hmm. I like to ask, just like, hey, what's the Lord been teaching you recently or you know, what have you been learning? To, let, let's just talk about the scriptures for a second. Like, hey, what have you been reading the past week? And from that, you can really got, get a sense of also some of the other questions, what, which I would ask later, like, where do you need to grow? And what, what, you know, what are some weaknesses you might see in yourself? Some of that's either you're going to get very shallow answers, which like Pat said, there's the red light. You're going, okay, um, maybe this, this is somebody who needs to be discipled here. Or you're going to get into just some great Jesus glorifying conversation about what the right. Lord's been saying. And I find all the time that I start sharing and then it's just kind of like an edifying experience. And we get to talk about the word for a few minutes and how good Jesus is. Mm -hmm. So I think, you know, more of that is great. And so I think also like that, that's a great thing. Just, Hey, what, what are you learning in the scriptures? I had somebody tell me, uh, you know, oh, I'm going through Exodus again. And I was just struck about God's holiness when Moses comes to the burning bush. And then we talked a bit about the holiness of God and its role in worship. And it was just kind of like, ah, that was cool. It was a really neat conversation that came from that. So that's a, mm -hmm. that's a great thing to talk about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love Proverbs 4.23. It 
says above all else, God, guard your heart for out of it flows the issues of life. And if the heart is right, if the heart knows the Lord, that is going to impact how the person plays and sings and interacts with the team and loves the people in the congregation. If that piece is missing or severely hampered, that individual is going to be challenged and challenging to work with the, yeah. uh, you know, the picture that comes to my mind is the iceberg, the tip of the iceberg. There's the part that we see above the surface, but there's so much more that's below the, the water level, which is what we're saying, this foundation of a heart that's changed. Another question we might ask someone uh, is, how did you come to know Jesus? And that will give us the timeline, how long they've been walking with the Lord. It might've been yeah. six months ago, or it might've been 16 years ago. And you can begin to tease out what they understand the gospel to be. If it's, you know, I raised my hand at camp. Okay. What did that mean? What's happened since? And so right. you understand somebody's sense of sin and the need for a savior, or was it just a moment? You know, you want to tease those things out because this is a, what we're doing is when we bring somebody onto the team, we're actually in a sense, it's a family within a family. It's a tribe within a tribe. The worship team is a little community within the bigger church community. And, they become part of your family and you want somebody whose, whose heart and whose motive, whose character is going to be a blessing to the team. Not that they have to be perfect or that they don't have room to grow as we all do, but that you're, you know, you're carefully bringing somebody on uh, because it's going to affect the whole team. Um, you guys were just talking about, you know, Rob, about someone who's camped um, by the waters and living in the word. And I was just thinking of um, Psalm 78 says with integrity of heart, you know, the leadership that God calls David to was integrity of heart. His heart was in the right spot. And then Jesus in Matthew 15, quoting Isaiah, says, These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. And I'm not sure, other than straight out idolatry, that there's, you know, many more things that could be said in a negative sense of what modern worship might be. If Jesus looks at us and says, you know, these people are singing, they're playing, they're showing up, but their heart is far from me for whatever reason. It could be motive. It could be sin that's not being dealt with. And Pat, you just talked about noise. Noise, just, you know, stop the noise. I don't want any part of your festivals. And I mean, there's lots of people that are that are um, observers or participants with us in worship. But the first one who's listening is the Lord himself. And he assesses not just the musical quality, not, not even so. He assesses yeah. our heart, our heart music quality. And we sure need to make sure that as much as we can as leaders, we're discerning that so that God is not offended, let alone people being misled. Yeah. Just to add to that, Jody, uh, you know, I was reading through Luke recently and in Luke 13, you know, this, I just, I don't know. It's one of these things where I, this has been in here, but I just, I just hit me in a fresh way. Somebody comes up to Jesus in verse 23 and he asks, Lord, will those who are saved be few? Like, this is the question that we have. Like, how many people will really be saved? And well, somebody comes up to Jesus and they, and they ask that, like, is, are a lot of people going to be saved? And he goes, hey, strive to enter through the narrow door, you know? Mm. Uh, for many, I tell you, will seek and not enter. Like, I think we need to, you know, few will be saved in the end. The scriptures say that. Like, not many will be saved. Few will be saved. And so I think we have to have that perspective as shepherds, as we're shepherding our people, we really want to find, Hey, are these authentic believers? Are these people? And we can't know that for sure. Obviously we're not the Lord, but we really, this, and this first taught, this first kind of heading is really trying to get a sense of, is there a genuine love of the Lord here? Uh, is there a genuine spiritual life or the fruits of the spirit demonstrated in their life? Cause we really want, 
those who are few to be leading. And uh, I think that's for me was just an awakening about, right. You know, how important it is that we really do the work with the people mm. on our teams. Yeah. And I think for them to know that it's not only uh, in the audition, are we going to ask these questions, but like, you know, I always tell, tell people coming through the door that, you know, James three, one tells me that there's a stricter judgment coming uh, for me. And uh, I, I want to be committed to pastoring your soul more than I want to, you know, grab your gift and mm -hmm. put you to work. Because I think a majority of people that show up at a church and say, Hey, I'm a bass player. You know, we, we bypass everything. We just need another bass player. Yeah. And we're, we're saying don't bypass the the priority should be how do I care for this guy or this gal's soul, and uh, and and not only will I do that on the in the audition, but I'm good. There's going to be a process, you know. In our, we, I did a, a monthly worship team meeting uh, for years and years and years. And two questions: we 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 always had snacks and goodies. People walk through the door on a Sunday night, and you broke into groups of three guys with guys, gals with gals, and two questions we asked each other every once a month. We said, how's your walk with Jesus? And then secondly, is there any known sin that you need to confess? And it was just a, a something that we did that, but it became very powerful, you know, with, with a constant going through books with big view of God and or accurate view of ourselves and then gathering once a month just to say no if if you're going to be a part of this team it matters how your soul is and so when you start in the audition that way i think you can continue to pastor and care for people uh when you don't sometimes it's harder to to to, to get there so anyways mm -hmm. some thoughts yeah. that's good the um and i want to just tell the folks listening today that you know, maybe this is new for you that you've been sheepish about your role of shepherding, but we would love to say to you, be intentional about this. Yeah. If you don't have an audition process, it's not just the questions we're looking at, the questions, there's obviously the, the relational aspect, things you're going to talk through with someone in an interview form, or whether it's over coffee, something more casual, maybe you invite people to your house. There's the musical part, the musical edition, and all of that's got to fit together. And maybe you don't have a a formalized process yet. Well, do it and begin to develop it. And you can actually send us a question if you're not sure how to do that, or if we can help you, we'd love to talk with you. Even put some more of these questions down that we're talking through today. But but ultimately, be intentional about, about how you do this and why you do this. And uh, God will bless that. Just, and, just a, a comment about that, even Jody, like also like, this is a relational thing. So like, don't sit there with like a list and ask the question yeah. and then go, hmm, okay. Next, like you're trying to get to know the heart of the person. It can be very easy to hide behind your list and just get the questions done and write down all the right answers. Like, like what you said, Jody, I love like, Hey, if it's pot, you know, we're in a pandemic, it's a bit harder, but like have people in your home, have a conversation, get to know them and be intentional, fit these questions in. If people feel loved, mm -hmm. I think that's one of the most important things that can come from this. Yeah. Amen. Well, the sec, that's the first big, big uh, area, their commitment to Christ, their, their walk. The second thing we would say in terms of what you're looking for in terms of information is their heart of worship. And, you know, Piper uses that, that uh, book title, Brothers, We're Not Professionals. And I think we've already said it uh, a, a bunch of times that we're not just looking for musicians. This isn't looking for studio people because they have good chops. 
We don't want just want people who can play well. We want worshipers first and foremost. And look through the book of Psalms and you see that there's a heart for worship, a heart for God, a heart that burns. I do believe we said, you know, Pat, I think it was you last time that said, I'd rather take someone who is a mediocre musician with a burning heart for God than a super musician with no heart for God. Mm. Ideally, you get someone who's got a burning heart for God, who's a good musician. And, but the reality is the priority is, is it a heart, heart for worship and a heart for Jesus? And so let's talk about that for a minute as a category. How do we tease out? How do we dig in a little bit, ask people to get the idea of, of their heart for worship? What are some things we can look for that we can ask that we can discern? Who wants to jump in on that one? Well, I think sometimes the, the benefit of not, you know, quickly putting someone up on the stage or auditioning them quickly, typically is process. I've always had a process whereby I walk with these people two or three months, observe their life. Uh, first of all, I want to I want to see them in a in a Sunday gathering out in the congregation, uh, loving Jesus. Um, and uh, you know. Some of the the people that have been on my team in the past that have a very minimal role might be a C musician or someone who gets to to play, you know, every eight weeks or something like that, where others would get a lot more play, and and to watch them just like you know hands raised, just exalting Jesus, just loving God, um, you know, you you know what goes on in their life midweek and. So I think there's just something about that that's that's uh, those are the kind of people. Uh, just this past uh, Sunday at, at uh, Midtown, you know, there's about twelve of us to to do the live stream. I'm watching my sound guy, and and there he is. He's he's just having the time of his life as he's you know playing with the knobs and and mixing but he's very engaged and just like loving the truths that we're singing about and i couldn't wait to get off the stage and and just make a beeline and say josh i i couldn't help but just watch you this morning and you know brother first thank you for doing that but secondly uh let's raise up an army of audio guys that you know that that are thinking first and fo- foremost. Yeah, we got to make sure that we're we're mixing well, but but we're mixing well with our hearts engaged. And uh, so so I think you know when nobody's looking, um, and in a Sunday gathering, we want we want. I think there's those are the places often to see people's heart for worship. Do they, you know, does Jesus come out of them when you when you? push them or press them or prod them or do you know is there is there a conversation where you have and it's it's like that would be the last thing that this person would talk about i mm-hmm. boy i'd want to help them i'd want to move them i'd want to somehow pray that god would stir their affections and and increase their their love for him where where it's evident and those are the these are definitely the kind of people i think there's another whole conversation about expressiveness and 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 maybe that maybe that needs to be some conversations moving down the road of of people on a worship team that that outwardly express what's what's taking place inwardly but yeah yeah i think another question that's good to ask you know you know 
So I'll ask sometimes like, Hey, why did you want to join the worship team? Now, often that's an easy question because a lot of people know the right answer because I love leading people in worship, but that gets you down a conversation where you can start going and to hear kind of some of their answers and try to get a, you know, and another one that I like asking that kind of helps give more context to that question is tell me about some of your other experiences on worship. Like what have some other teams been? And then like, what have they liked and not liked about that? Um, Mm. What were your experiences? What were the things you liked? What didn't you like? And that starts to get kind of some things. So some people will go, Oh, you know, like it was just, uh, uh, it was all about practicing and getting things perfect. And, you know, it wasn't just about being free and just like doing what the spirit wanted in the moment. Okay. Well, that tells me something about that person. And it tells me something a bit about what, what do they think worship is? They mm. really think it maybe is a bit more about spontaneity and you can, and this idea of, Oh, don't control the spirit. Don't over um, arrange the spirit kind of thing. And that that's important to know as a worship leader, especially if you're very much into first uh, Corinthians 14, it talks about order and structure for the purpose of building up and encouragement. So that can really kind of be an issue. So that's another question. Like what were your experiences in other worship teams? And that really starts to kind of get a bit about their, their heart for worship. Also just like what were, talk to me about some of your most favorite experiences in worship and why, what happened in those moments that you loved. I was talking to a girl just yesterday who was trying to join our team here. And I said, what do you love about, you know, lean worship? And she had led worship historically with youth. And she was like, it's just those moments when I can see that they're worshiping God. Like she was just when I look out and they're, they're singing and they're praising him. And if I can get a couple hands, like just, she's like, that's what I love. Like, I just love knowing that people are worshiping God. And I'm like, man, that's just a beautiful, simple heart that just loves the Lord and wants to see people worship him. And that's what you want in people on your team. Yeah, I remember as you're telling that story. I remember as a as a young guy, I'd done a mission trip uh, with uh, youth with a mission, and I remember being in a courtyard in New Orleans, Louisiana, with just the, the team of people that were heading to Costa Rica with me. And it was some guy on an acoustic guitar, and God's presence was so was so powerfully rich in my life in that moment. And I, I think we could also ask people, you know, when have you encountered? Uh, the greatness of God. Tell me about how you've encountered the greatness of God. We we read about it, and we pray about it, and you know, let just let someone talk about their their experience of God's presence, His power, His goodness, and to understand if if people think their faith, or if they feel it, or they think it and feel it. It's a head heart thing. Both, yeah. We you know we worship God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and helping people to tell you about how they've they've known the greatness and, and the glory of God, and even just asking people. Tell me what worship means to you. You know, what's what does the Bible mean when it says worship? That we should worship. What does that mean? And what does it mean for you as a personal worshiper? One of the one of the challenges that if we're not actually worshiping as a lifestyle of worship, so there's 168 hours a week. If 90 minutes is the the time we're officially supposed to do it, we can ask people, how does worship look in your life in the 166 hours that you're not officially in the church building? How does that get played out? How does it get lived out in the public sphere in your private life? And, you know, I wonder how many people sit at the piano or sit with their guitar or sit, go for a walk with their headphones on and are just praising the Lord because it's, as we have often said, it's, 
it's, you know, you don't just put on on Sunday what you haven't been wearing all week long. This is this really Sunday morning is just an overflow of, of what we've been doing and, and who we are before the Lord. And so you want to be asking people, you know, what is your worship like life look like outside of church, outside of the physical service? Anything else you guys want to add to that before we jump on to number three? That's good. I would say also um, a question to, to discern their heart for worship is ask them about the last time they shared their faith. Ultimately, as worship leaders, um, we're about people coming to know Jesus. If, if we love glorifying God on stage and seeing people come to know the glory of God on stage, we should be just as passionate about that offstage. And that's a key thing. So if, I'm only, if I only really want to give glory to God and make Jesus known on stage while there's a light on me, but I don't want to do that offstage, um, that shows something to me, too, about how I understand worship. And so that's just, maybe that's a fun question to ask somebody, you know, Hey, you know, tell me about the last time you got to share your faith. I'd be curious about that. That can, that can be insightful uh, just about kind of their heart for Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we've got a resource that I, I think we're going to be able to post uh, comes from John Nickel and uh, we'll just post it with his name and copyright information's on there, but he's got some great questions that will be a little more even exhaustive, more exhaustive and comprehensive than we're able to get to today. Pat, you were talking about um, just the physicality of watching someone. And I think a couple of things are, does someone show up early or do they show up late for church? That says a lot to mm. me. I remember a guy named Duncan a long time ago, but I remember it was 15 minutes before the service. He was sitting by himself with his head bowed. You know, lots of people were in the back chatting. And I just thought this guy came in early, sat down and just wanted to be with the Lord. He wanted to get his heart ready and never forget that. And like you said, with your, your AV guy, you know, just watching him blessed you and you had to go up and, and watching Duncan in that moment blessed me. Mm. So watching, do people come in early? Do they come in late? Another thing is watching people, you know, are they kind of goofing off with their friends? Are they, uh, you know, on their phones during the sermon or, you know, looking over doing something else when the music is going on? You could tell a lot just by looking at people if they're engaged and you want people who are engaged. So that's the first one is obviously their relationship to the Lord and they're growing, they're growing in his relationship with him. Number one, number two is their heart for worship. Uh, Number three, we've got about four or five of these here, but number three, let's talk about uh, their competency, their musical competency, because that's obviously important. And so what are some questions? What are some things we can do to discern their musical ability? I think we could say, tell me, real just real simple things like how long have you been playing um have you played with a band before i mean are are they coming from another church uh playing with a band is a really big deal uh a lot of the smaller churches where someone has you know said i grew up in my dad's church or whatever and i played acoustic guitar and 40 45 people or something and they never did have a band or whatever uh so i i think you want to you want to just ask some good questions around how long have they been playing, um, you know, inter- level of proficiency. Um, can can they you know watch a YouTube video or listen to an MP3, and can they can they you know come up with the parts on that, uh, or do they struggle to? to find those parts or with singing, can, can they sing a harmony part? Have they ever sang a harmony part? Um, you know, th- just real simple questions, but, but 
but you you can figure out a lot really quickly i think before you even get into the audition mm -hmm. yeah and i think even what, speaking of maybe moving to the audition what i'll often do is just have somebody come in out and listen for a week or two and i'll even ask them what did you notice and you know and they're like oh well i noticed you guys are using in ears it's like yeah yeah we we play to a click you know oh okay i've never done that okay well maybe try doing that um sometimes i'll just even invite people hey just come on out and if it's a vocalist just sing with us or if it's in a guitar player hey on a thursday night just come with your acoustic we'll throw a, a pack on you and jump up on stage and just play with us no pressure you know that gets a bit harder with drummers and i've had to do that where sub a drummer out for a couple songs have the guy okay go learn these ones and you'll play those songs i try not to throw people on to the rehearsal as the drummer or the piano player if i'm just rehearsing them i'll have them come on out maybe join for a song or two and then step off uh, just to kind of ease them in and then that's a good way of getting to know their proficiency and sometimes i'm like hey you're good like you're the heart stuff's there the 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 you know the skills there you're kind of ready to get on and other times it's like hey let's do this for a bit more and hey i'm going to hook you up with my piano player or my synth player and they're going to teach you some stuff that can be a great thing and so not feeling so you know you got to hold sometimes you got to hold yourself back and just not throw them in because you're so needy and you know i'm I, I am speaking from a big church perspective where I've got 30, 40 people and I got a full band every week. If we, I think this applies, even if you're just the acoustic player and you're like, oh man, I need a piano player. Like take yeah. your time. I know Paul Balash in his, in his lead worship videos will say, Hey, you know, take your time. Don't rush. Do the stuff that we're saying, get the heart stuff, work on the skill stuff. Don't, don't, don't be so quick it's okay. It's okay. Just to have an acoustic or a piano and just lead hymns. Like that's fine. You don't need to get the big band right away. And so it's important to remember to take your time and do things like this, just to mm -hmm. patiently bring somebody on. Yeah. Yeah. You can ask people questions about their musical experiences with churches they've served at or camp or youth ministries, college ministries, whatever. Let them tell you how they've served, what they've done, what they learned from that. You can ask them about their musical training. Uh, whether it's RCM, whether it's just been self-taught, lots of different ways people come to you. And uh, you can also ask people about their own perceived strengths and weaknesses, what they're good at, how self-aware they are of, Rob, you mentioned about harmony, you know, are you able to to pull things off of a YouTube video? Can you pull a lead line? Can you hear a harmony? Are you a rhythm player? Are you a lead player? And um, yeah, so can you do like even like chords? Like, are you a one, two, three, four, five person, or are you C, D, E, or do you need lead music because we do chords? You know, those those things too. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, one of the greatest joys, particularly if you've been in a church for a season, and I've had experiences. The last two churches I was in, one was nine years, one was ten. The advantage of actually being in a church for that length of time, you start with a group of people who are all at various levels, and I never. Uh, really lived up to the, uh, or lived by the, you know, I've got the A team, the B team and the C team. I try to mix teams so that they were equal strengths. But what happens is that when you put people together with some coaching and some leadership and prayer and all the things that you do as a leader, it actually raises everybody's competency level up. They become better musicians. They hear music better. They sense music better. And then that becomes a, you know, something they can use uh, with more excellence to offer as a, an offering to the Lord and to lead the, God's people well. So it's a huge joy to see people growing. And obviously everybody who comes on your team is going to be in a very different place 
in terms of their competency and their skill level. And uh, we just want to make sure that they can play. We said last time that one of the, the benchmarks I use is that you have to be able to play at the level of the team or above to, to play with the team. And that's, you know, because that's a question that people often ask, like, how good do I have to be? You know, do I need to be able to play without music? People have different standards, and um, but you just need to know what the level of competency is. As we turn the corner, probably a couple more, I would say, areas we can just jump in these a little quicker popcorn, like two categories. One would be a commitment to the local church. We would want to find out about that. And then the last one would be chemistry, which we'll be talking about the whole areas of submission and uh, just how people get along. Do they have a humble servant heart? So jump into commitment to the local church. Talk, talk to me about, you know, some guy who's just walked through the door, some girls just come in two weeks ago. How important is their relationship to this local assembly? And what are we looking for to take someone on the team? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I absolutely want them built in the church. I want them to say, I, we genuinely believe God has called us here. And uh, we, I always say there's chores in a church and then there's gifts and everybody does chores. And so that's, you know, wh whatever that looks like, that could be a cleaning day at the church. It could be, uh, it could be, uh, I, I don't know what kind of chores, you know, maybe you don't have a full-time janitor and it's, it's helping clean the bathrooms after su Sunday gathering. There's just things that, you know, in a family, we have chores, everybody does chores. Um, but then there's people uniquely gifted. So I would want, want to make sure that person is doing chores in the church as, as well as using their gift. Um, so I think that's really important because chores in the church really says, I love this church. I'm part of this family. And uh, so, I, you know, it's it's a simple thing, but I, I want to make sure that they, you know, it's not just about I get to use my gifts and 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 look good and find my identity and the fact that I'm the lead guitar player at that church. Yeah. But I, I get to be part of this body. I'm part of this family. I'm invested. That's why, you know, being in a community group is, is, a, is a requirement to be on the team because I want you building relationships with brothers and sisters in Christ. I want you growing. And that's a, that's a means, that's an extension of how we do that at, at Midtown. Um, so those are some vitally important things, I think. Yeah, I think also, um, like, <clears throat> um, why did you leave your last church? That's always a good question to ask. Now, ideally, in a good discipleship process in the church, you know, pastors would be figuring that stuff out and discerning that. But if you had someone comes up to you two weeks in, they want to join the team. Either they're a very mature believer who understands, hey, I've got a gift. God's given me this role in the church. I want to serve. Or they're very immature. Like, I think a lot of people, if they're joining a new church and they're they understand that they've got some gifts, but I got to get a sense of wh where this church is. And this is, they're not going to jump in right away. So if somebody really wants to jump in right away, a lot of the time I'll have problems, a lot of problems with those people because it's really just a pride thing. And it's that they just want to play um, and having people to slow down. And so asking those questions, why did you leave the church? Well, I couldn't play. They didn't let me play red alert, you know, like, okay. Um, some of those questions also help. Why did you leave? What's your church history? What were you doing in those churches? And yep. why'd you go um, is a good question too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I'm hearing you guys say this and we've said it already, but I'll just underscore because I think it's important. Don't rush this process. Don't rush this decision. No matter how desperate you are, it will right. pay dividends in the end. If you take your time 
it'll cause you problems if you don't take your time because you'll be dealing up with the mess. The final thing is um, uh, we talked about commitment to local church chemistry in terms of being a humble team player. I have been in team settings where there's prickly people to deal with and there's people who get along well in team. And we want to discern that because every person you bring onto the team then I was going to say it's like flavor in the soup. It's, you know, a new flavor added. You want to make sure it's a flavor that works well with the soup. And are they going to bring, they don't have to be extroverts. They don't have to be the life of the party, but they have to be someone who's a people person. They have to be someone who cares and and loves people. Are there a couple of things that we might look for as we discern chemistry and their ability to be teachable, to be humble, to interact, to take direction, to take instruction and, and to be kind to one another? Yeah, I, I think even musically, um, yes, 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 yes to all you just said there, Jody. Character matters, relationships matter. Um, but I think often we, if we're not careful too, we're, you know, it, it's not about the music, um, but in a sense it is. And you, whoever that worship leader or that worship pastor is, you you have a certain bent and a certain style uh, and the church has a certain bent and a certain style. So you want to make sure when someone's coming through the door in an audition that they fit in that as well. Uh, I, I not too long ago had a guy that came and auditioned and he was an unbelievable lead guitar player. This guy could play blues and jazz and it was just unbelievable. Uh, but when we, we, we sent him out uh, some YouTube stuff and some some stuff to, to in the audition and the guy c- could not and would not basically said I don't do that kind of stuff um, I, you know I was uh, I had to say at the end of the audition we don't do that kind of stuff <laughs> and so you're a great musician could I use you at uh, Gateway a Salvation Army thing that we did where we, we would go out uh, once a month and play any kind of music and just have a blast for people that came and ate a meal. And then you got to hang out and talk with them and stuff like that. Or would you go and we, when we do stuff in prisons or whatever. Um, and uh, he was thoroughly appalled that I would even, uh, you know, suggest he do something like that because he, his aim and his target was, I need to be on the worship team. Um, so, so, you know, you're, you're going to have people. And I think if, if you're listening in today and you're just someone that's going to audition for, for a worship position, I would say, you know, have your hands wide open and, and mm. go to an audition Amen. saying, Jesus, I just want to love you. I want to use these gifts for your glory and I want to serve a church. Mm-hmm. And so um, if, if you're not willing to adjust or bend your bent or your specific style, uh, then, then be prepared to you know, maybe you're going to go walk around the wilderness for another 29, <laughs> 29 years before you get a position in the church. Cause I think it's so important that you, that you're a good fit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I agree. Like that kind of willingness to serve the song, to serve the team, to serve the vision of, of the church and the worship is, is key. Yeah. And sometimes that's harder when you're older. Like I, I, right. I've, I've just found this with, people who are a bit older they've got they do their one style and they're not great at you know they can't pull the vibrato off the vocal everything is just ho oh, 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 and they can't sing modern worship and it's it's a struggle or in a guitar player everything's got to sound like bb king it can't you can't they don't know reverb delay even when they put it on they don't like 
you got to serve the style and serve right. your church and what it's doing. And that humility to do that. And then being willing, sometimes that means for electric guitar players, sometimes it means that it means putting a little money in or maybe asking your worship leader, Hey, I'd love to learn. Could you equip me? Hey, could you equip me with resources? Like I've given guys pedals before because I want to build into them and they got a heart to learn. So, yeah. but you need to have that heart. And if you're not, and if I, we had a lady who was on worship a few years ago, who just hated everything that I was doing and I'm just doing modern worship. And <laughs> my vocalists would tell me that she'd be chirping me and I wouldn't hear cause I'm got my inners in that she would be chirping me for the whole rehearsal to the rest of the team. Oh, of course. Oh, you know, and eventually like my vocalist got so sick of it. They came to me, they go, and I had no idea. And they were like, you got to do something, man. Like we can't, we can't work with her. So I had to, I sat her down and I had a conversation with her and she just kind of was like, she's, she started crying, talking about her life, everything going on. So I got to minister to her, but she just said, yeah, it's just not, I guess this is just not my style. I just don't right, like it. Right. Yeah. And I was like, okay, well then why are you on? Like, let's get you somewhere where you can be a blessing and a benefit because you are. And let's use you in that sense. And so, yeah, I just want to echo everything that Pat said. That can, and this is very hard in worship ministry when you're talking about style, and especially as styles change and people get really caught on to their styles. Like I'm going to be outdated in five years, the way that I play, and uh, I've got to be constantly learning. And that's that's huge, huge on a worship team. Mm -hmm. Yeah, a humble, teachable heart, a servant heart, goes a long, long way. You know, and it's that phrase that we used a few years ago. It's not about me. John the Baptist again is the the poster child in my yeah. mind. You know, he's he's pointing away from himself, pointing to Jesus and saying he's the one. So yeah. the woman and the man who sings or plays, if they're wearing Brian Dirksen once said, when we lead worship, it's like we put one of two T-shirts on. One one says, "Notice me," and you know when someone is about the "notice me" piece, or the other T-shirt is "notice him." Mm-hmm. And through our demeanor, through our playing, through our attitudes. We want people who are wearing the shirt that says "Notice Him," mm. and so we'll we'll call that the ending to our uh, our edition uh, discussion today. Thanks everybody for watching, Rob, Pat. Thank you guys for great input. Love you guys. Uh, you guys are veterans in the trenches, and uh, our heart is to serve you who are watching today. Thank you for your ministry in the local church. We um, encourage you to be intentional, to be prayerful, to take your time, and to love people and love your congregation by bringing the right people onto your team in the right way and the right timing to have the right kind of team that can do the Lord's work in the the place that he's put you. So thanks everybody. We'll see you next time. God bless you.